This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of COVID-19 or coronavirus. Well, we don't like discuss it, but it's mentioned. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jen. My name is CJ and we are your co-conspirators in trying to figure out whatever it is cishet people think it is we're planning. Uh, but CJ, what's on the by schedule for today? <laughs> well, we're gonna talk to somebody who isn't just the two of us. Pranked! <laughs> oh, I can't believe you you got so goofed. Oh, we really got you convincing you that we were, we were going to follow the format that we established for more than 50 episodes. <laughs> April Fools. We're not. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's... First, like, first of all, let me just say um, that it's funny that April Fool's is simultaneously, like, personally, it's my least favorite holiday of all time, but bad. also it's the only holiday that we have an established tradition around. True. On the podcast that, like, we produce and we can do anything we want, <laughs> we just have a tradition around my least favorite holiday. I mean, we could have other holiday episodes, but this is the one we've picked. That's very true. No, no, I mean, we're not going back now. I'm just, I'm just uh, saying that it's funny, like, <laughs> April Fool's is supposed to be and never is. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we want to chat about what it is we're doing today. Yeah, so our our sick prank um, is positivity. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So everything's bad right now and we don't need to go over how everything is bad right now and everybody's just like sitting by themselves in the best case scenario. Um if you're listening so, to this in the far flung future and you're like, what could they be talking about? I mean, check the timestamp. We are in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, but we're not gonna yeah. talk about it a whole bunch because there's enough yeah. of that going around. Yeah, so today what we're going to do is, um, we're d our, our fun little prank is we're just going to copy the format of another podcast, another, dare I say, more popular podcast, and just do that podcast instead. Uh, imitation is the sincerest form of prankery. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're always saying that. I'm always saying that. <laughs> That's like the number one thing you always say. Um, so what we're going to do is, um, if anybody is or is not familiar with the podcast Wonderful by uh, Griffin and Rachel McElroy, it is uh, their weekly podcast. Uh, a husband and wife just spend uh, their time talking about uh, some things that they find particularly wonderful. 
Um, and usually on their podcast, they uh, focus on each of them bringing two bigger, wonderful things to talk about for the duration. Um, but at the beginning of the podcast, they do um, small wonders where they don't do as much of a deep dive rather mm-hmm. than just like bringing something up and then being like, oh, that's so great. Talking about it for a little bit, but not talking about like the history of the thing. Um, so we're just going to be focusing on small wonders this um, time. And if you're not familiar with the podcast, you may also recognize this format as just talking about things you like. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> you may recognize this as having a conversation with friends. Unfamiliar. <laughs> more familiar with it now than ever i mean zoom zoom everybody's on it yeah we're all zooming we're all zooming we're all facebook live streaming insta living i did a video chat on facebook messenger for the first time the other day oh yeah no it's it's a pretty good little video chat sure yeah land yeah I, i was able to talk to my friends so that worked it was just very baffling. I'm not one to call people on Facebook Messenger. I uh, I played D&D over Facebook Messenger a little mm. bit ago, and I will be again in a couple days. Neat. Gotta keep that campaign. True. I sang somebody happy birthday via Zoom yesterday. Oh, So that was fun. <laughs> um, cool. So let's get into uh, some small wonders. Did you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, I can go first because I'm afraid you're going to say one of my number ones. And I want to get it out there. I think, yeah, I think we probably share this one. Go for it. Is it Animal Crossing? Because... It's Animal Crossing New Horizons, (sighs) baby. Bless. It came when we needed it most. In our moment of need, our great moment of need, who was there for me? Not Isabel yet, but I got Isabel today, so... (laughs) I mean, actually... That was a big celebration this morning. I would argue it could have come, like, a week sooner, but... That would have been nice. <laughs> but, well, it got me right in the moment of despair, right? Like, I True. ran out of all my other hobbies, and then Animal Crossing was there for me. Mm. Want to talk about Animal Crossing, in case anybody is unfamiliar? Uh, so, Animal Crossing is a video game franchise. It began um, in with the GameCube in the U.S. I think it was another console before that in Japan. I'm not, I'm not Dr. Animal Crossing. Um, right. But it is a sort of life simulation game, uh, because all you really do is, like, fish, catch bugs, uh, chop trees for some wood, but not the whole tree, which is not how tree chopping works. Uh, and you get to have all these little cute animal villagers as your neighbors, which is very wonderful. Yeah. Um, I've played- I I didn't play it, like- a whole lot before New Horizon. I did play the, um, uh, and I think it's a New Leaf mm-hmm. on, uh, the DS. And, um, I played it for, like, a month back in 2016, but then my <laughs> life got terrifically busy, and then I felt back, bad going back to the village that mm. I had abandoned for so long. Oh, they'll go um, So it's probably still there. Exactly, and I knew that, but, um, that was, like, one of the first places that um, I used CJ as my default name. Oh, hell yeah. Instead of my uh, dead name. So that was a nice little memory to look back on as I named myself CJ yet again. I would like to celebrate that in New Horizons, the newest installment, um, they don't have you choose a gender. They just have you That's choose true. a quote-unquote style. 
uh, which I'm not entirely sure what it does because you can use the hairstyles from what was traditionally the, the, the two gender options previously. Right. So I'm not really sure what picking a style really does, except maybe give the illusion of picking a gender to those who would be upset if the game removed it entirely. Heaven forbid. But yeah, that was really nice. Because <laughs> I know New Leaf genders me all over the place, and I don't love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas, like, I don't get gendered even a little bit in New Horizon. Yeah, not I did, even I, once. I did crack up. So, like, the game, as you accomplish things, gives you um, title options that you could, like, select a little title for yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, one time for, like, doing a bunch of DIY stuff, uh, it gave me the titles Art School and then Boy or Girl. So mm. that picture of just, like, Art School Boy Girl was my entire college experience. <laughs> It's my experience now. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, Animal Crossing New Horizon is just an absolute hoot. You've heard it from everybody, but it's, it's just so very lovely. good. It's very good. It's relaxing. It's cute. Um, and it gives me a sense of an accomplish accomplish blah blah blah. blah. It gives me a sense of a sense of accomplishment. There we go. That I yay. <laughs> I have a sense of accomplishment over being able to say a sense of accomplishment. Um, <laughs> when I can't really do as much in person or like mm -hmm. in my real physical life right now, it's like, at least this game will reward me for catching the super special hard to catch bug. True. And that's something. <laughs> true, true, true. Cool. Can I talk about my personal wonder? Please. Stuffed animals. Oh, oh I might have to grab one. <laughs> Yeah, I I love stuffed animals. Um, I'm definite. I'm almost 27 years old. Where this is the start of my birthday month. I'm almost 27 years old, and I still sleep with stuffed animals. Um, they're very good. Uh, there's something about ha like sleeping with an object close to your heart that is mm. very calming. Mm -hmm. um, plus, like I feel like I have different stuffed animals for like what level of that I'm looking for. Absolutely. <laughs> like, if I'm looking for just a little bit, I have this tiger that I gave Tim, like, a couple years back, who is simply named Tiger. Uh, <laughs> but if I'm looking for, like, that ultimate, like, need a big old stuffed animal, I got a big old Tsum Tsum Mickey Mouse. Oh. And who also sometimes doubles as a pillow if I need be. That's the best, honestly. Mm -hmm. I Yeah, I also have um, levels of stuffy on my, mm -hmm. my bed right now, because I've got a bunch of those squishmallows, which are yes. very soft, which is lovely, but hard to hug when you need to hug something because there's not yeah. a lot of substance to them. That's true. So I've got like firmer stuffed animals or bigger stuffed animals for when you need a little <laughs> more. Yeah. Um, I have a shark that I like to use as like, when I'm laying on my side, I can balance me phone on them mm. and it's like the perfect little huggable table perfect <laughs> um i've also well it's it's tim's primarily but i thought it was a sweet present that uh his parents got him and by extension me <laughs> is uh it's a woolly mammoth stuffed animal but the woolly mammoth is wearing a t-shirt that his parent Tim's parents made for him when he was three years old. Oh, precious! And that one's really nice for if I'm just if Tim's not around and I'm like I need a Tim. 
mm, here's mm-hmm. a woolly mammoth. <laughs> and it's just very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely had to bring stuffed animals because, like, I have an entire collection of Tsum Tsums, uh, and they're very good portable stuffed animals. They're just nice. Stuffed animals are comforting. I like them. They are. They are. What a good thing to bring to this. You are so right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ooh, what you got? My next thing is twinkle lights. Also sometimes known as string lights or fairy lights. Um, For the longest time, I just called them Christmas lights because Mm. that's when I mostly saw them. But as an adult, I was like, you can have those lights any time of year. Yeah. It doesn't even need to be a holiday. you can just buy them. I love them. They bring me such joy, especially in, like, the dark winter when people still leave their Christmas Mm. lights up. Um, It just makes me so happy. And I think it's just because I like light. Um, But I I have two strings of, like, bi gradient lights in my room. Okay. And they make they make such a good atmosphere. Um and mm. I also this is where I reveal I'm like a child. No, we all knew that. Um <laughs> <laughs> reveal. I have a canopy over my bed. Um and I weaved twinkle lights into it. <gasps> oh, that's so pretty. So sometimes I turn off all the lights except for those and it's just light enough that I can like read. Or play Animal Crossing, and then when I'm ready to go bed, I just unplug it, and it's, like, easy. Um, but it's just, like, really... The right lighting will do you wonders. True. True. <laughs> I just find them so calming. They're very good. Um, a couple years back, um, I was away on vacation to visit Janet Uh, my friend Janet, who was working at Disney World at the time, Mm -hmm. and I love Disney, and I was sad to come back home afterward, um, and it was, like, around, like, no, like, mid-November, and I came back to the apartment, and Tim, while I was gone, had strung up a bunch of fairy lights around the apartment, and, like, decorated it for Christmas and stuff, and it was very beautiful, and I was like, Oh, now I'm glad to be back home. I mean, obviously I missed Tim too, but I was like, (laughs) now me home, beautiful. Yeah. I love. They add such a nice element that can really just make things feel more special or, I don't know, warm. Yeah. Love lights. Love twinkle lights. Just a little magic as a treat. (laughs) Yes. Little of magic. Cool. Um, so next up, I have uh, somebody named Jacob Edward, and by extension, the um, something called the Validation Station. So um, what this is, and let me just reference an article that pinknews.co.uk wrote. Um, so Jacob Edward is a radio host. Um, last oh. Christmas, they were the first non-binary presenter on BBC Radio 1, and um, during the uh lockdowns going on um both in the uk and like around the world related to the coronavirus uh they launched a um program called the validation station and what it is is uh you you go to um validationstation.net and you can type in your name your phone number and your pronouns 
and um, every day they'll send you a text message um, using your correct name and your correct pronouns. Um, and it's a service that's made for um, transgender people who are uh, stuck in isolation with people who aren't supportive of their identity. And like it's, it gives a little daily uh, validation of that person. And I think that's an incredibly sweet service. That's lovely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, um, I, I, I see people like during this time being like, I know this is a really petty thing to worry about right now, but X, Y, Z. And it's like, I don't know, there's a lot of things to worry about and we can't really rate them on a scale of pettiness or mm. like mm-hmm. frivolity and stuff. And like one of those is that is like the gender dysphoria that can come with like being in absolute isolation or being in isolation with people who aren't as supportive of you as you'd like. And I think it's really cool that somebody considered that and made this whole program for uh, for their fellow community members. I think it's very beautiful. Oh, I'm emotional. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if anybody needs to, I don't know what the um, uh, policy is in terms of like using it outside of the UK, um, but if you're able to, I have to imagine you are, um... But again, that's validationstation.net, and it's a super easy form. It's literally three things, your name, your phone number, and your pronouns. Yee. Heck yeah. Yeah. So Uh, thank you, Jacob Edward. Thank you. Well, I just feel silly, like, (laughs) following that up with all my... (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I just thought that was something that was, like, lovely. It is lovely. My next thing's makeup. So like. <laughs> <gasps> yes! Oh, no, but can I tell you, I did my makeup, um, like, improper for the first time in a couple of days yesterday. It looked so good. And I was so feeling good. myself. It looked so good. I <laughs> think you snapped me and, like, I was hanging with Cortland, my roommate, um, who has been on this podcast twice. Twice. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Frequent guest, Cortland um, Louise. And I like gasped, <laughs> like I was just like, I'm losing it. I'm d- this is <laughs> <it's> such a <laughs> good look. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and I guess it kind of ties in because I know that I personally like to try and use makeup to explore uh, and validate my own gender feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, what better time than now to experiment with makeup? Because guess what? If it looks bad, no one has to see it. That's I true. Can, it can just be for me, and I guess my roommates, but, like... Yeah. They've seen me at my worst, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> I love uh, the, like, type of expression you can do. I want to take the time uh, that we have right now to just, like, do some weird looks or try new things. Because um, I also did my makeup for the first time in a long time. Uh, the other night when we had, uh, me and Cortland hosted a virtual open mic night. Yeah, that was so fun. Um, and I did my makeup for the first time. I pushed myself to do it. I was like, I don't want to, but I'm gonna. And I was thrilled. <laughs> it yeah. felt so it good. It looks so nice. Thank you. I felt really good. Um, and it felt very positive gender-wise in a way that I could not explain. <laughs> Because I put don't got it. I put eyeshadow and lipstick on, and I was just like, I'm more androgynous now. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. 
Uh, what's your favorite um, makeup, like, like in terms of like lips or eyes or like contour, whatever? What's what's your favorite part of it? I think it's weird. I never do it anymore, but my favorite, I think, are fake eyelashes. Ooh, I love yes. how they how big they make eyes look. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the drama. I used mm-hmm. to have this pair of fake eyelashes that were like really spiky, um, which I think I could probably find ones like that now if I look in like drag circles. But it was specifically mm-hmm. like a one time from a limited collection shape. And I right. bought like three pairs of them and wore them constantly. And now they are gone. And I'm I miss them. Every day. (laughs) Not that I ever have the spoons to put on fake eyelashes anymore, but you know what? But still. Soon I will try again. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? Um, I like, uh, working with the, like, eyeshadow and stuff. Mm. Um, there, there's parts of it I don't like, like the fact that I, and this is something I've had to correct a lot, I have a tendency to, like, touch around my eyes and stuff, and then, like, the Mm. second I do that, it's over with, like, any (laughs) eye makeup. But, um, I like the different color combinations that you can do with it. Um, I have a palette that's, like, particularly shimmery, so it's not, like, full-on glitter, but it's, like, gives it a nice little shine. Um, and I have, like, particularly large and expressive eyes, so it's nice to sort of, like, highlight those bad boys. (laughs) <laughs> me and Cortland watched Carrie the other day and when the blood drops on her spoilers for Carrie y'all um, <laughs> her eyes open so wide and Cortland just goes, just goes look at those CJ eyes <laughs> I, they snapped me that and I was like you're not wrong <laughs> I have I have very big eyes that's, that's like 90% of the reason I get cast in anything <laughs> what? I don't think that's true, but, uh, you know, the window to the soul or whatever. Um, Etc. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of eyeliner because mm. of its versatility. If I am doing a quote unquote boy look, I wear eyeliner. If I'm doing a quote unquote girl look, I do eyeliner. If I'm doing a whatever I am, it's somewhere in the middle, nowhere look, eyeliner. Like, it is a staple. You can do so much with it. Love it. Wow. Thank you, eyeliner. <laughs> Love to see it. Good job, eyeliner. Cool. Um, so my next thing is the movie Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Ooh. Um, so this is one that honestly I don't know that I would have like gone out of my way to watch if just because I'm bad at like taking the initiative on movies that would interest me. Mm. Um but uh, a couple, uh, a couple of my friends and I went to go see it in theaters uh, for my. I mean, you know, Jeremy. It was for their birthday, mm. um, and it was just absolutely beautiful. And it came to Hulu uh, like two or three days ago, and I immediately was like, "Tim, we're watching it." <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched it or heard anything about it, Jay? Not yet, but I really want to. I know before all of this, I was like, oh, I want to see it in theaters. And then, like, no theaters near me were really doing it. Yeah. Um, and then I was going to... It's tr- a French film, so it, it had a pretty limited release here. I was going to try harder, and then it was like, well, I can't now. Um, <laughs> but then Hulu was like, we'll give you the lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, art gaze, we have you. Um, so it is on my to-watch list. And I'm very excited. I love yeah. the poster. 
Ah, gosh, true. Um, so just like the basic plot for anybody who is not aware, um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a French film. Um, it is about a um, artist who, uh, a painter, who is commissioned uh, to draw or to paint a portrait for a woman, Hélène, um, who is uh, betrothed to um, this guy, Milan, and her mom is like, um, like he needs to be sent the portrait of Helene in order for him to consider her for marriage. However, she way doesn't want to get married, so um, I've tried hiring people in the past to paint her, and she won't stay still for their portraits, so <laughs> they won't, they can't paint her. So what I need you to do is uh, just hang out with my daughter, be her um, guide on walks and stuff like that, and then paint her in secret. So, like, study her secretly and Ooh. then paint her when she's not noticing. Um, so it's the story of how uh, the painter and Helene eventually fall in love, because obviously, mm. and um, sort of, like, how they're, it, it, like, it inevitably ends, like, they sort of, like, foretell that in the beginning, um, but, like, just watching this bloom and, like, their interactions on, it, it's, like, uh, the, watching it, every shot is done so beautifully, it really is, like, watching artwork, um, and they handle, like, uh, queer identity and, um, love and even, like, abortion, Ooh. um, in, like, such an absolutely, like, beautiful way. Um, I just, everybody, just, everybody's gotta watch it. Art queers who want to make yourselves cry, this is for you. My ooh sounded way too, like, perky. I'm not hype about abortion. <laughs> <laughs> that was just me being intrigued by, like, the layers. <laughs> we're, to establish, we're pro-choice, but we're not like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, I think there's, like, a, you know, a middle ground, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, at least not how, the, the not, not what the characters have to do in this film in order to mm. make that happen. Um, but in any case, just an absolutely, like, stunningly heartbreaking but beautiful film. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so good. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I mean, Hulu has just got my back during all of this. You know, they also True. just put up Loving Vincent. <gasps> oh, yeah. And I cannot wait to watch that because it's, it's uh, the Vincent Van Gogh documentary that is entirely, like, oil painted. Yeah. And I love Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about Vincent Van Gogh. So I'm going to have like uh, just a art school boy girl day <laughs> and watch love both. <laughs> art, art school boy girl. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, what's your next thing? Uh, I'm not quite sure how to phrase this one. Um, I guess I'll just say house plants because originally I was going to say house plants that you can also eat. Um, but I'll, I'll expand it to all house plants. Um, all right. Because I think it's nice to have a little greenery in the house. Um, I still want to go for walks and stuff like that. But on the days where it's like, I don't know, rain or whatever, it's like I still feel like I get to get a little bit of the outdoors because of all the nice 
plants we have on our windowsill. Um, the reason I was going to say specifically ones you can eat is at my last grocery trip, I picked up a basil plant. Ooh. And um, I have not killed it thus far. So, so far doing great. Amazing. <laughs> um, and not only is it uh, something that is nice and light and green and and alive in our sunroom. Uh, it's also something I have to take care of, which keeps me very present. Um, and also, if I make myself um, a yummy sandwich with tomato and mozzarella and I want a little basil on there, I don't have to spend so much money for a tiny little thing of basil because True. he's growing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing that for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. But I also have this cute little pink plant with a fake cherry on top, so the whole thing looks like a cupcake. Oh, I love that so one. So cute. Love house plants. Yeah. <laughs> love house plant. Um, I do not have a particularly green thumb, um, so I am fortunate to be uh, living with somebody who not only does, but also loves house plants. So mm. I get house plant without having to worry about me inevitably killing house plant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, like, we've got some really, like, uh, he's got a nice, like, mint uh, tree going. Nice. So, um, like, that, we, we definitely have that, like, plant you could also munch factor going. Um, we've got, like, this pretty sizable tree in the living room that he's been growing for years now. Um, and it started off as a Christmas tree, so it... Not like a full Christmas tree, but like a Christmas plant. Yeah. So it used to have like glitter on it, like all over it. <laughs> but as it grows, you can see the glitter growing off of it. And <laughs> I think that's particularly cool. That's nice. Oh, yeah. No, I always love how much greenery y'all have. Yeah. <laughs> we got some in the uh, office where um, we record in-person episodes. So it's nice to have that like nice little plants. Mm. Plant friends. Plant friends. Uh, cool. So my next thing is uh, cracking your back first thing in the morning. Oh. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so my bones are ancient and... Um, <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> I, I have always been like weirdly flexible in my back, but as a consequence, I have many different joints that need cracking at like any given moment mm. um and like getting that one crack or something in the middle of the day is nice especially if you get that deep one but the real cracks live right at the top of the morning <laughs> where you wake up and then you just twist your body and it's like a xylophone mm. mm-hmm I need to start stretching in the morning, but like the mornings I do, I have to do um, like a child's pose into like a downward dog into a cobra and then back. Mm. And it's just like down the line, every vertebra. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if, if I'm really shooting high, I should I should do that in the morning and at night before bed because oh, yeah. I also have. I have very bad bones. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I I should be doing a lot more stretching um, to take care of myself while I'm cramped in home. But you know what? Uh, I got some friends doing yoga live streams, mm. so I'm going to hop in on those. Heck yeah. When... Tell you what. Our friend Tom is doing uh, daily ones Monday through Friday, too. And oh. I 
I'm very excited for those. I should look into all of all of that. I need to yeah. do something. <laughs> for a while, every morning I was mousercising. <gasps> yes. Which is I a, remember that an exercise track off of an eighties Disney album, and it is Mickey Mouse and Friends working you through some some light aerobics and stretches. <laughs> Uh, I just think that's so good. I need I need the careful balance of whimsy and structure in my life to get anything done. <laughs> um, True. But yeah, like when we were in theater school and doing yoga like every single morning, mm-hmm. that was a gift that I didn't know I had. And then we graduated, and I'm like, why does my body be- feel feel bad now? Oh gosh, I there's that one um, stretch we did in advanced acting where you like lay. On, with your back on the ground and your knees um, up and your feet on the ground and then you roll like that oh, like sort sacrum. of plate on your lower back sacrum yeah roll. where you roll that around um, I was doing those for Lizard of Oz and I realized that it was starting to hurt oh. and I was like this is where it begins isn't it but it got better as I did it oh, so a metaphor you know yeah <laughs> chase chase your dreams and so on <laughs> yes uh, are you ready for my next one? I sure am. All right. Uh, it's journaling. <laughs> I do go on. Um, I have long wanted to try the bullet journaling for, uh, trend. <laughs> Forgot mm-hmm. what the word trend was, and I've never been able to really start and keep going because it is a lot, and I have trouble. Right holding on to new routines. Mm-hmm. But I started um, with... Uh, Cortland gave me a positivity planner at the be- at the end of last year, which I only did once a week. And that was like what I'm looking forward to in the week. And then at the end of the week, I'm like what I accomplished and all that. I like that. And then I got my own blank notebook and I filled in just three pages so I pu- I made a calendar where every day I just put bullet points of what I did because I have a terrible mm-hmm. memory. I have a finance tracker because I'm bad with that as well and I have a mood it tracker. It sounds like you're being strategic about it. Yes and I have a mood tracker and with just those three it's like the three things that I need the most out of bullet journaling without holding mm-hmm. myself to a really high organized standard and having like a million spreads. I just have those three that I fill out every day and I still do my positively pla- positivity planner once a week. And they are, it's just like a taste of it enough that I benefit from it, mm. but it's not so much that I get overwhelmed and drop it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy yeah. it. I've got the colorful markers uh, for my mood tracker for March. I made a little drawing of like, a Polaroid camera, and then I every day I fill in one of the like these little Polaroids with different colors to say what my mood was. Oh, I'm gonna do a raindrop motif for April. I'm very excited. Ah, <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, I'm a big nerd about it. <laughs> I like that. Um, I haven't gotten into like bullet journaling. I I very much have like a distinct planner mm-hmm, mm. where I write down everything that is coming up. Because I need that. Yes. Um, and I also have, I don't have like a dedicated like journal, but I have like a couple of times where I have used journaling in order to like um, 
take a little control of my situation back in moments where everything felt like too much all the time. Mm. Um, two examples come to mind and I'll rattle them off briefly. One's like emotional and the other's physical. Um, the emotional one was I was in a production, uh, two years back where I was portraying a, uh, moment that very much reminded me of past trauma. Mm. Um, and, uh, in order, and like, so many different feelings about that were coming up all the time and I literally had no idea what to do with them. So I went to CBS and I got myself those very, very, one of those very tiny composition books that you could get for like yeah. a buck. And any time that I was feeling a feeling related to the scene, related to my past trauma, if a memory came up or something, I would just jot it down there. And sometimes I would use it to, like, um, sketch out, like, I would just make tiny sketches for myself during intermission, so I'd have, like, somewhere to put something, um, like, little doodles, um, and that helped me, like, put all of my feelings into one space that was just for me and mm. no one else, and that really helped. Yes. Um, and then physically, uh, two weeks ago, while all this, like, outbreak stuff is going on, um, I got a common cold, and great. looking back, I know it was a common cold. At the time, I was like, oh no, mm. I'm sick, is is this the big one? And uh, what I did was I just went ahead and did a daily journal for myself, of all the symptoms I was feeling. I took my temperature in the morning, afternoon, and evening. I wrote down, like, my doses of DayQuil and NyQuil. I wrote down, like, how I was feeling and stuff. And for the common cold, it turned out to be not something I needed to be doing, but, like, it really helped me feel like a peace of mind knowing that, like, like, being able to track it because I'd be able to, like, one day feel my feelings and then look back and be like, I'm improving. Yeah, that's And lovely. that might not have been something I remembered just by, like, thinking about it. Yes, that's so smart. And, like, the one of the big benefits of me doing this is that just the little calendar where I put the bullet points of my everyday. Because my memory has been getting worse um, mm -hmm. thanks to my mental illness. Uh, Ding. But especially right now when I'm not leaving the house, it's really hard to differentiate my days looking back. Mm -hmm. So it's really helpful to just have a little square I can look at and be like, oh, on Tuesday I watched this movie or like, oh, I, I went for a walk on this day. Um, and it's like really helpful because there's things I forget. I'm like, oh, yeah, I had that really nice moment here or, oh, this happened not that long ago. And the mood tracker is really nice, too, because when you are in a bad mental place, it can feel like everything is bad all the time. Mm -hmm. And with the mood tracker, I am forced to see that there's only these little bad moments. And overall, I've been doing okay this month. Right. It doesn't feel like that in the moment, though. So I have to like look right. back and be like, oh, the, the, the bad feelings color, this weird purple I picked, is in very little of this, all things considered. And I'd still like there to yeah. be less, but it's not everything. Yeah. For sure. It, journaling is just nice to have a place to put your thoughts and your feelings. Yeah, you put everything down on paper and then you can take a, take a step away and be like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Love it. Love journaling. Mm -hmm. Want to hear my next thing? I sure do. Um, speaking of moments where you go from something serious to something very frivolous, Cheez-Its! Cheez-Its! <laughs> I, um... I, I'm very much, like, when it comes to snacking, I'm very much, like, a more salty or savory mm -hmm. 
person than I am a sweet. I'm not big on desserts so much as I am on potato chips. <laughs> um, and I love, like, the cheese-adjacent snackies that you can get, like goldfish and what have you. But I find the one with the uh, cheese flavor to salt to surface area ratio that I crave is Cheez-Its. And, like, they're the right, like, I usually, like, in my backpack, because, of course, I carry a backpack everywhere, (laughs) um, I have, like, a small Tupperware that I pour Cheez-Its into, and, like, it's a nice little portable snacky, because, like, they're not gonna go bad unless it's gotten really bad. Mm. Um, You can eat as many or as little as you want, and, like, if you eat enough of them, it will fill your tummy. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. I think for me that role is filled by goldfish. Mm. Yeah, I I like goldfish too. Just there were there were so many times where I would get a package of goldfish and they were not nearly as salty as I was looking for, and I was like, then what are we doing here? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Just love a good. I love the rainbow goldfish for obvious reasons. Oh yes, very good. <laughs> I just love a good portable snack, like you said. True. Very helpful. True. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm very much an intuitive eater, so like I eat when I'm hungry and I don't eat when I'm not hungry, but that's not always conducive to my I'm running around everywhere all the time schedule. So oh, portable dude. snacks in general are a lifesaver. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, I want a snack. I don't have much more to say about Cheez-Its besides just that I like them. I if it's late at night and, like, I'm just hanging out and I'm hungry but I don't want to make a meal, I just, like, bring over a box of Cheez-Its and I sit there with a the box of Cheez-Its and just go for it. Heck yeah. I was in such a weird place last night and then I found, uh, I remembered that I have a bag of barbecue potato chips and I was like, my my night oh. is saved. <laughs> that changes everything. Just playing video games and just munching. Love a good, yeah. love a good snack. True. Hooray for Cheez-Its. Hooray for Cheez-Its. Good <laughs> job, Cheez-Its. Keep doing your, your funky fresh thing. <laughs> um, trying to think of what I'm going to do for my next thing, because I had something written down, down, but I think it was too broad. Okay. Um, no, you know what? Screw it. We're going broad. Uh, All right. Your own space. Does that... Makes sense. No, that's exactly correct. Yeah. I, um, love my room. (laughs) (laughs) I love my room a lot. I love it. I, you know, want to go out more. But, um, especially when I am working and I'm all over the place and I only get to be home for a little bit, it's so nice to have this this little pastel sanctuary that I've built. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um... And to have, like, a space where you can feel safe and comfy and decorate it mm-hmm. in a way that makes you feel good, mm-hmm. I think is such an undervalued thing. Yes, absolutely. Because, <laughs> like, it's not, I just, I just threw up some string lights and have a rainbow on my wall, some pennants, some cute shelves I picked out, and they're little things, but they add up to my little cave (laughs) that I love very dear. Absolutely. Um, Back when I was uh, 
right out of college, I lived in South Philly with two other people. And, like, the people were nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't really feel at home in South Philly. Um, not really, like, the area for me. Um, and I was, like, definitely at a huge point of transition mm. at that time. Like, having just graduated from school and then, like, trying to get my footing in the quote-unquote real world. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, like... I, but, like, and I had the tiniest room in the whole world. Like, it was a small, small room. (laughs) But the second I got in there, it was CJ's space, CJ's time to shine. Um, I, like, hung up, like, a tapestry thing. Like, all my Tsum Tsums were there. Um, and I would just burrow myself in there. (laughs) Which was, like, granted a little depressing, but also, like... It was an absolute lifesaver having that one space that was, like, definitely within my control. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's, like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't one of those kids who grew up not having their own room. I've always had my own room, which I feel very fortunate. Yeah. Um, but, like, and I'm, I decorated the space, but it just didn't feel as much mine. And I think it's because I was stuck in the trappings of my youth. Mm. and I had a bunch of stuff left over from my childhood and it wasn't until I moved out and I decorated when I was living with my partner um but it wasn't until I made it into this teeny tiny room that I was like all right time to start over with my newly developed adult sense of taste (laughs) Mm. yeah that's that's important I have a better understanding now of what's gonna make me feel happy (laughs) decor wise frames frames are lifesavers frames frames are absolutely lifesavers um yes yeah and even um because i'm currently living with my partner and like there's not really like uh we live in a two bedroom but it's not like the one bedroom is his space Mm -hmm. and the other bedroom's mine and then the living room's like a communal space uh like Every room, both of us have, like, some amount of agency in, in terms of, like, the decoration or the usage and stuff like that. But, like, just having the literal location where you can be independent from each other, especially while in a hypothetical situation, if you're just stuck in the same space as another person for weeks. um, Yes. It's it's, uh, very nice to have a space where you can just be you. Yes, yeah. There's, like, yeah. (laughs) On the one hand, talking about, like, yeah, like, a space that you can make yours. On the other hand, Mm -hmm. just having a space where you can go for some time with you. Yes. And if those are both the same place, great. And if those aren't the same place, that's also great. As long as you have a place for you. Um, Mm -hmm. Virginia Woolf was correct. Sometimes you just need a little you time. (laughs) Just like the title of Virginia Woolf's book. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a little you time. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. I'm torn between two th- do you how how many more things do you have, if any? Uh written down nothing, but don't worry, I can talk forever. <laughs> okay, got it. Because I have like two more things that I wrote down. I could come up with two more things if you need, or one more thing. I don't one more wait. I don't know how patterns work. Whatever. You tell me how many I need to say and I'll say them. Okay, I mean, um, like, 
This next one is one that I don't know I have much to talk about besides just saying that it's a bop. Mm. Um, the song Career Boy by Dorian Electra. I haven't heard it, but I very much like this person's aesthetic. Yeah, so Dorian Electra is a non-binary uh, songwriter, musician, all that, and um, their sound is just very good. Like it, <laughs> It's like very like pop electronic and also like very very rooted in like their gender identity their gender fuckery um uh they write songs like man to man where it's about like being man enough to express your feelings hell yeah um the song guyliner which is just a salute to the concept of guyliner bless um and um like their pre- like their album their most recent album is literally called flamboyant like it's just very loud queer energy and it's so good and i don't know what it is about the song career boy that just is so incredible to me but i absolutely love it it's so catchy and so f- the music video is an absolute blast um it does have a bsm bdsm aesthetic like during the bridge so if that's not your jam that's fine um but just as a heads up. Um, but it's just such a good song and such a good music video. Um, I might, if you don't mind, I'm gonna, like, take a second where I can, like, insert the song for a little sure. bit so people can hear what I'm talking about. So here's a section of Career Boy by Dorian Electra. And there it was, folks. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't have much more to say about that besides uh, Dorian Electra in general is just so cool and goals. Uh, they were on the cover of Playboy and it was great. Oh, I did see those pictures and they were very good. Yes. Um, yeah, so go check out Dorian Electra. Go check out the song Career Boy. Go check out the album Flamboy and it's just so gay. So gay. All right. Wording this one will be... <laughs> I believe in you. Interesting. I don't know how universal of an activity this is, but I know that. Um, okay. <laughs> Watching filmed clips of live theater with friends. <laughs> I love the hyper-specificity that applies to me in so many ways. Go on. <laughs> I um, have a number of times just been like, gonna show a friend a song and then we end up on this rabbit hole adventure of looking up like tony performances or just clips from bootlegs or like one specific Mm. song from a show um and we just get hype and i love that um a spin-off of this being those fun compilation videos where it's a cut of every girl singing the uh christopher columbus part of astonishing from little women or yes. the, oh, feet from Part of Your World. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Which is an adventure. Um, but like yesterday, I <laughs> was listening to the only two good songs from Carrie the Musical. Mm. Which, I thank you for asking, are the mom's uh, songs. Yes. <laughs> and no, I don't have a thing about Carrie. I just really like those two songs from the musical and happen to have watched the movie for the first time this week. Um, but then I found, uh, this video that was the songs, like one of the songs 
from the 1988 production and then back to back mm. with the same song but from the 2012 revival and yes. me and Cortland were just watching that and like freaking out about the acting and like saying like oh this set makes no sense and like <laughs> mm-hmm. um i love it i love it <laughs> yes live theater i yeah no go ahead oh, so live theater is a really um <sighs> unique fascinating experience mm-hmm. and on film obviously it doesn't have the exact same energy as being in the room with that kind of performance but you still get like the vibe and it makes it more accessible um whether mm-hmm. you just can't go see live theater right now or you don't live in a place where a lot of live theater happens and i think live theater yeah. should be more accessible in general um so mm-hmm. thank you youtube <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're doing the Lord's work, YouTube. Um, yeah, I uh, love watching video, like the compilation videos. I think yes. you, me, and Cortland watched those for like a while. The last time the three of us hung out after I made y'all um, watch Cats, the stage show. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> there was one time, and like this is such an oddly specific moment in a show. Um, I think I told you this story, but I'll just tell it on the podcast, um, where there's the moment in the musical Evita, mm. um, the song Dice Are Rolling. Um, so the song is Perone being like, Ava, you're way sick. You can't be the vice president. Also because sexism and you're sick. And she's like, no, I'm going to be the vice president. It's going to be super great. And then she sings, oh, I would be a great vice president. And then collapses on the ground (laughs) because of the aforementioned sickness. And there's this humongous musical swell the second she does. It's like, and it lasts like a solid like 16 bars. Um, and the decisions that people do for those 16 bars are kind of beautiful in a very bad way. So, like, sometimes it'll just be Perone, like, trying to help Ava up. And they're both like, no, but in the very melodramatic way that musical theater does. Mm-hmm. I saw a production where the second she collapsed, Perone yells, nurse and then he runs off stage just leaving the audience watching ava just like be faint (laughs) on the ground for a bit and then perone re-entered with absolutely no nurse (laughs) see and i want to see how those things get handled in different productions and don't get me wrong i am not condoning making bootlegs or filming theater without that's illegal. Don't do that. Well, and also, you know, like, as an actor, I don't want audience members, like, filming me without me knowing and all that. Um, no, I get it. Just Venmo me. No, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but I do, yeah. I get what you're I do saying. think there should be more services, and there are, like, some really nice, high-quality recordings of uh, productions. Mm-hmm. Um but, like, the cool thing about theater is that, like, every production is going to be different and every actor is hopefully going to make different choices. Um, yes. Directors are going to make different choices. So it's choices. fun watching the ones who elect to make the exact same choices as they saw before and just watch their funky version of it. True. Because usually it's not great. True. Um, so I love the opportunity to, like, look up one song and see how five different people handle it. Uh, me and my aunt, who lives in a different state, uh 
than me. We used to do what we called Broadway scavenger hunts, where we would give ourselves a show for the night and then we would spend like the whole evening sending each other different clips from different productions um and like just reacting to it and it's just really fun to see i don't know like how every production handles having a milky white the cow and into the woods yes Uh, or um i don't know how the beast looks in the productions that didn't get the costumes from disney yep yep Yep. Yep. All right, I have one last thing, and that one last thing is pride flags. Pride flags! As a concept, um, the other day, I mean, I always love pride flags. Um, I've got a couple of them hanging up in my office space. Um, but the other day, I was, um, I've been doing daily live streams on my Facebook page just to, like, have something to do and like give folks a distraction um and the other day i did one about like all the different non-binary genders that there are Mm. and it really sent me down like the rabbit hole of just how many there are because the answer is that gender is a lot of things um and it was really cool realizing like as i was exploring this that like not every single um community had done this for their gender but the vast majority of them created their own pride flags um for genders i had never heard of before and just watching the thought that went into every single design every single color choice is just like so absolutely it's so cool to see like um all the consideration that people put into creation of pride flags Mm. i love pride flags yeah. <laughs> and I also love um explaining, uh, like, I don't have all of the colors of every pride flag memorized. That would be wild. Um, but the times that I am able to explain uh, the colors is great. Like, um, when I'm at work, I at my uh, day job, I um, wear a non-binary pride flag pin. And uh, at least one time, a patron asked me what the flag was and I was like oh it's the non-binary pride flag and then they were like oh do you mind me asking what the colors meant and I was able to just like rattle it off Uh, and I felt like a queer um boy girl scout (laughs) bless oh I love pride flags I want more pride flags in my life (laughs) Um, I was about to say like to own or like just (laughs) <laughs> we should be out here creating more pride flags. Oh, I mean, I think there's so many. I don't know. Like, if you need to, <laughs> if you need to make one for you, go ahead. Don't let me stop you. Um, I don't think we need to make any more for the sake of making more. <laughs> there's true. There's lots uh, to the point where um, at Pax Unplugged, I went to the the I don't know the LGBTQ. Oh, the diversity lounge. Yes, the diversity lounge. Um, where there was specifically like just a very gay corner. Um, yes. <laughs> and they were like, oh, if you um, donate, you can take a pride pin. And I was like, oh, no, which one do I take? And they were like, you can take as many as apply to you. And I was like, oh, no, which one do I take? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, no, period. Which one do I take? Yeah, and th- they, they were very Question understanding mark. as I took like a literal handful of the pins because I was like, this could apply to me or this could apply to me. And now I just have a bunch of pride flag pins that I'm trying yes. out. <laughs> yeah, I, um, back when I wasn't 
confident in what my gender identity and label was, um, I went to that very same corner and I bought myself a genderqueer uh, pride pin. And, like, I wasn't out as anything at the time, but, like, and I think a lot of people do this, where it's a nice little test run mm, of mm-hmm. the identity you're thinking that you might be. Like, how would it be if, like, folks around me saw genderqueer apply to me? Like, it's it's nice. Absolutely. And, I mean, at that same uh, convention, I got my pronoun pins, and um, it's the set of the big three, the he, she, they, uh... And my one friend was like, oh, and you can trade the ones you don't use for other pins. <laughs> and I looked at him and oh, I was no, like, no. no, these are all mine. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. Mine. <laughs> I have some test driving to do. I am keeping all of these pins. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, these are all for me. <laughs> Yay, pride flags. So, yes. Yeah. Yay, pride flags. They're just so beautiful. And I love the... um. I love the color coordination. Mm. I mean, the pansexual flag so is good. just so on point. The trans flag is my favorite. Ah, uh, trans flag. She's so Which, beautiful. Which I mean, as a as a boy girl, yes, <laughs> that's that's what that's my gender is for the day. Um, <laughs> as <laughs> art school boy as girl. an art school boy girl, um, my aesthetic is quickly devolving into a split of pink and blue. Um, yes, which feels like a cliche, but I don't care. Don't matter. Uh, I'm going to be trying to do that to my hair soon. We'll see. <laughs> um, Godspeed. So, like, the trans flag, I'm like, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Aesthetic. You're out here doing <laughs> it. It speaks to me on an aesthetic level. It speaks to me on a personal level. Yes. Yeah, so that's my list. Hell yeah. Is that where we end it, or do I do one more? I lost track. <laughs> Either way. Uh, d- I don't know. I'll do one. I think he's... Yeah, one more quick one, which is just, I don't know, sure. because we talked about enamel pins, and I'm looking at my enamel pin collection. I'm going to say enamel pins. Yes. <laughs> um, I love flair, y'all. I have all of my mm-hmm. pins on a corkboard above my desk, uh, so even though I don't wear them as much as I want, especially right now, I can just look at them all whenever I want. Yeah. And it's so good. I've, I have a very carefully curated collection um, you can have pins that say your pronouns. You can have pins that tell people that you're in a fandom. You can have pins that are just like, I like dinosaurs. The the, the yeah. sky is the limit. Flare is great. Enamel pins are great. I have, I'm looking at one I got of Isabel a couple weeks ago. Yes. Love her. I'm looking at one that was a gift from a partner. Uh, I've got... Some from a show. I've got some from a board game I've never played. <laughs> I love enamel pins and buttons. I also have a vast button collection that I don't know how to. Mm. I don't know how to show those off when I'm not wearing them, though. I'm working on that. Right. Yeah, I've got a good amount of enamel pins. I have a uh, very distinct queer denim jacket. Oh, so good. Where all of my enamel pins as well as a couple of patches live. Mm. Um, And it's, like you said, very good for projecting, like, my queer identity, the podcasts I listen to, and the one I got because it looked nice. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it could be anything. (laughs) Yeah. I love them so much. I love Flair. Uh, In my wildest dreams, someday we'll have a My Gay Agenda enamel pin. (laughs) Yes. I, I also love enamel pins as a wet, like, 
there have been times, and this often happens when I'm interacting, like, with, um, cashiers or retail employees and stuff like that, where they're allowed to wear some flair, mm. um, and, like, if I see anyone wearing any queer pins, I say, I like your pins, and that is my message to them that says, I too am gay. Yes. Yes. So important. <laughs> so important, because I know especially... I have the problem where if I see somebody that I perceive as also queer, um, I get excited and I maybe stare a little bit. But the thing mm. is, it, when you are queer and people are staring at you, that can be bad. <laughs> yeah. yes. So I'm like, how do I let them know that I am in the club? <laughs> mm-hmm. I too am in the alphabet soup. <laughs> it, it's just a nice little sense of camaraderie. I uh, one time had an AC Moore employee who was helping me out and I was wearing my uh, coat, which is absolutely decked out with like pins and patches and more permanent stuff. But then like I had I just happened to have a trans uh, flag heart sticker from Outfest that I just happened to still have on because I had forgotten to take it off. And the employee specifically pointed that out and said, I like that sticker. And I was like. We know each other now. <laughs> when I was working at AC Moore, I had a customer in line, and I was helping the other customers first, but I kept cl- glancing back at them um, mm-hmm. because I perceived them to be clear. I don't want to be like, I clocked them, but like, I was like, I got the vibes hard. Yes, um, there's energies. And they definitely had the sort of like look about them where people probably do stare in a disparaging way quite often mm-hmm. so they noticed me staring and they were getting they, they were glaring oh no and then they came back over i checked them out and i just like care i didn't want to make it into a thing but i just like slipped in like i really love your jacket and their face just like lit up the glare turned into this big <gasps> smile and they were like thank you <laughs> a happy ending i was just like oh love good it. good we're on the same page now <laughs> yes <laughs> i didn't want to be like i wasn't staring because of bigotry, I was staring because you're gorgeous. <laughs> that would also be weird. So, right. Yes, recognizing flair is a great way to mm-hmm. let them know. I too. Think they're queer? Notice their flair. Queer? <laughs> I had to make it rhyme, Jay. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On that note, I think that'll do it for this April Fool's Hope y'all liked getting episode. pranked. Prank. Pew, 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 pew. Um, Wanna plug your social media stuff? Yeah, sure. Uh, if you want to, um, I don't know, tweet things that make you happy or a picture of your favorite enamel pin at me i'm on twitter at underscore glitter goblin underscore and i uh, try to link from my to my other social medias from there eh. <laughs> it happens sometimes <laughs> and uh if you like my gay agenda and are excited for us to be back with more uh queer guests talking about their experiences and all that um, you can find us on Spotify and on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. If you're there, then uh, give us a follow, a like, a whatever stars rating, great. Um, those all help us out a bunch. Um, you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Our Twitter is at GayAgendaCast. Um, you can join us on Patreon like Rachel 
pins for days Higgins. <laughs> sure. And as well as a tiny snail, aka A. Um, I mean, I don't want to be the person who's like, uh, her financial, uh, at least my financial situation has been a little up in the air since yep. all of this happened, and contributing in a financial way would super help to keep this going while we continue to, say hypothetically, find other work. No, I'll or stand by that. Or fill gaps from cancelled gigs, and uh, like, getting laid off, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll stand by all of that. Yeah, um, but I mean, absolutely, if you're not in a place to do that, I totally see it because I'm not in a place to do that with anybody. Um, so I totally get that vibe. But if you are in a place to do it and you haven't joined us on Patreon yet, it'd be a super great time to do that. If you're not... And I'd appreciate it. If, if you're not in a financial place to donate but you still want to, like, help us out, um, just, you know, share the podcast around, recommend it. Um, yeah. Or just, you that know... helps us a bunch. I don't know. Tweet at me about what Animal Crossing villagers you have in your island. <laughs> Yes. Because moral support is also support. <laughs> True. Plus, I want to hear about I them. I super want to hear about them. Oh, I'm so invested in what islanders I'm going to get next. <laughs> <laughs> I will die for Mo the cat. You don't understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whew. Until next time, put this in your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself. Take care of yourself, you know? Hydrate. Yeah. Uh, stop reading fake updates about the this disease. Um, check credible sources. Make sure you're sleeping. You know, just do what you need to do to take care of you. Wash your hands. Love yourself. Pick up a new hobby. My my friend started knitting, and that seems super cool for her. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you gotta do. Yeah. Take this time for you. Whatever that means. We love you. Anyway, thanks for uh, hanging out here and getting pranked! Roasted! Sick! You thought we had feelings! <laughs> Ain't shit funny right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. We just want to exist.